following is a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. From the diamond, to the clubhouse, to the front office, this is the show that feeds the passion for all Twins fans. It's Inside Twins. Inside Twins is sponsored by Killebrew Root Beer, made in Minnesota. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Welcome to Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, made in Minnesota. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Welcome to our Sunday show on a lovely late June afternoon in Chicago. Twins and the White Sox about to wrap up this three-game series here today. It'll be Lewis Thorpe making his big league debut on the mound today for the Twins and the White Sox opposing with their ace, their number one right-hander, Lucas Giolito, but welcome to our Sunday show, and always a treat to be joined by Twins bench coach Derek Shelton, who is uh, from the Chicagoland area. Welcome home. Yeah, it's nice. It's nice to to get home and to see some family. I was able to see my brother and my sister-in-law and their kids last night and have some dinner with uh, two of my kids and my wife with them, so it's, it's nice to be home every once in a while. Baseball memories as a kid, when you bring up your ties with either the Cubs or the White Sox, but you were a Baltimore fan growing up. I was a Baltimore fan. My father played in the Oral organization in, uh, in the late 60s. Actually played on a rookie ball team with Don Baylor, Bobby Gritch, Johnny Oates, and was managed by Joe Altabelli. So, yeah, that's uh, that's some pretty good names on the team. And also, my father's name is Ron Shelton, and there was another Ron Shelton on that team who went on to make and produce Bull Durham and White Men Can't Jump. And so, yeah, so it, it's a, it was a pretty cool team. But, yeah, I do have memories, you know, of not really of this ballpark, but Old Comiskey. We would come down to that, and we would go to Wrigley, and we would go up to County Stadium, too, because I lived halfway in between. But Your friends nice. growing up, were they more Cub fans because you were on the north side of town? It's funny. My friends are that are that are – that I went to high school with and I saw one of my high school friends last night or grade school friends and my college roommate last night, they're Sox fans. They're all, you know, there, there's an affinity for, for the different parts of Chicago. And, and because my guys are all hockey guys and I was the only like non-hockey player growing up and they were Hawks guys and they were Sox guys. So all my buddies were, uh, were Sox fans. Now, speaking of, of that right now, and I'm curious to get your take on, on the White Sox and where they're at now, but also paying attention to their farm system and the next wave of talent because people rave about their farm system throughout the game. Right. Yeah, I think it's an interesting team. I think as you're seeing it, they're playing a little bit differently than a lot of teams are playing because they run more than most teams do and they bunt more than most teams do. But I think, uh, you know, I think Renteria is doing a good job playing to their skill set. And, you know, we saw Jimenez come up and they have other people that are going to get Kopech back, you know, who we saw last year and is electric, you know, off the Tommy John. So I think, you know, for us, in the Twin Cities, it's an interesting team that we got to watch because I think it's a team that's on the rise. I think they have some, some potential and they have some prospects coming in. Twins had a nice win yesterday, 10-3 to even up this three-game series at a game apiece and a lot to, to break down on the game yesterday. But we have to begin with the play of the day, and that was the catch. You're sitting in a chair right now that was occupied by my colleague and the Cupertino kid, Danny Gladden, who <laughs> caught the foul ball last night off Max Kepler's bat, that was as Kepler made that contact with that ball, Nelson had the two-homer day, Miguel, you know, we saw Kepler, you know, the two homers as well. But the play of the day was the Gladden catch. What was that like from the dugout? Oh, it's it's exciting. I mean, any time that, that Danny Gladden can make a play, and it's funny because my – my oldest Jackson, who's actually sitting up here with us today, I actually introduced him to Danny yesterday, and uh, as you know, a Twins broadcaster 
and he wanted to go more Twins legend and scored yep. the winning run. Twins the legend, world, yeah. Winning run in the World Series. But yeah, yesterday when that happened, it was great. I actually uh, pointed it out to Rock. I'm like, hey, Gladden just made that catch. And he's like, bare hand or glove? I'm like, glove. And it was a good catch. And I think as much as anything of, of Danny making the play was your reaction. I loved your reaction. There was a little jumping up and down, a big high five. It was it was, it was an exciting time to be a twin with that play. Now, don't, don't think anything less of me. Now, to be accurate and fair, uh, when Danny caught that ball, I didn't see it because I was underneath this table. Uh, I, I learned a while back that foul balls, two things could happen. I'll get hurt or I'll get hurt badly. So I, I tend to shy away from foul balls, and why not have the legend with the glove, former outfielder, make the play? I, I would say that's probably one of the better jumps he's got in the last 10 years, right? <laughs> he read that really well. But uh, it, it was a great win for the team. And for a guy like Miguel Sano, you, you, you look at a stat line, and the strikeout rate is very high. But then the last couple of days, you know, he's been able to put the ball in play and do so with power. Right. I think so. I You know, and I know I think Miggy made a comment about it yesterday about what he's working on. And I know I know Jay and, and Rudy have done a really good job of kind of isolating the different things he needs to work on mechanically. And, and to see, you know, the fruits of it, you know, not as much the balls he's hitting to the pull side, but the other night he hit the ball. It was 97 up, and he hit it to the opposite field side. So I think there's signs that are coming. I, I mean, I know or we know going forward that, you know, there's going to be some strikeout there. There has been in the past. But if we can kind of make those go to a minimum and we continue to hit for power, I think there there's signs. And it's important for him. I mean, he made a huge play the other night defensively in the, you know, game that never ended uh, with the bases loaded to hit a couple home runs. It, it's nice to see him uh, – have those moments. The second home run that Nelson hit last night in the ninth inning, did that sound differently from the dugout than others? Yeah, I, I don't know if, um, you know, having been in the Central and when I was in Cleveland and then, you know, the other years in the East, I've never seen a ball hit up there. You know, they, they said that Tommy hit him up there, you know, regularly when he was here. But for that ball to go over all the trees or, you know, Ivy or whatever that's called out in center field, I mean, and the fact that uh, Ruiz had gone 97-98, and then he went 0-2-97 up, and Nelly hit it there. That was that was impressive. You don't see guys do that. Were you guys concerned, and going back to that 18-inning game, late in that game, Nelson hit a ball, a foul ball off his foot, I think maybe even his left ankle. Yeah. If that was going to force him to sit, he did not play on Friday, came in, had one uh, plate appearance, and walked. If that was maybe going to linger as the weekend played out? Yeah, we were concerned about it, and I think that's why we gave him the day off Friday. I mean, you know, one of the things with Nelly, we've we've tried to be extremely cognizant of, of him coming back off the wrist injury is, you know, how much he's played and how many days in a row he's played. And then, you know, the fact that we played the 17-inning 17 17 game, he fouled the ball off his foot in, what, the 15th or 16th of that. So, you know, that's why he got Friday night off as much as we would have liked to have had him in the lineup against Detweiler. It's just better for the long run of us of having a – healthy Nelson Cruz and you know it was nice to see what he did yesterday but yeah we were, there were some concerns about it are there certain things that that you and the coaches look at at Rocco especially after another marathon game that guys may be dragging and you know CJ Kroll mentioned this after the win against the Red Sox that you don't mind playing that long if you win but if you lose it could be rather deflating are the things that that you noticed even on Friday and still watching for as the weekend plays out that they're still feeling and maybe some ramifications from that long game. Yeah, 100%. And I think the one thing that we know, well, there's a couple things we know differently. The, the first thing is we played that long game and lost, and then we had to travel. So it changed what we were going to do on Friday in terms of our work in the, at the ballpark. 
Uh, secondly, we have the off day to tomorrow, so it, it kind of changes it a little bit. But, yeah, we have to be very aware of that because we've battled through some injuries with other guys, and we have to be aware of other guys or, you know, other players not getting hurt. So it's very important. It probably changed our lineup significantly on Friday night because, we, as we've talked about on previous Sunday shows, you know, Rocco and I uh, – lineup lineups out four or five days so it definitely did change that lineup for the next day but it's it, sometimes you have to you have to make sure the rest and recovery portion of of people you know kind of supersede you know one game of making sure we know what we're doing so it, it did change our lineup on Friday night because we played a 17 in a game. And, you know, lefty with Detweiler not having Garver in the lineup or Nelson Cruz right. in the lineup against a guy like that, I think we saw the impact from having the game the day before, not not seeing those guys in the lineup. Yeah, and I think, you know, I mean, for I think that's a good point. For Mitch's case specifically, I mean, he's played against left-handers this year mainly, and but when you catch, you know, 16 innings of a 17-inning game, and, and, and that's the second one he's caught in a nine-day or 10-day span, we have to be careful. You know, he also had the, you know, the ankle thing that he had had during the midweek, and we just have to be aware of what's going on, and when you do that, you know, you watch how you're moving forward with rest and recovery, and we just had to change our lineup that night. All right, we'll take our first break on our Sunday show. When we come back, we're going to dive into some all-star discussion we know that Jorge Polanco will start for the American League at shortstop. What about some other players? And we'll get Derek's take on why many Twins deserve to be in Cleveland for the All-Star Game. That and more coming up. Inside Twins continues next from Chicago on your home for Twins baseball. Kids grow out of calling mom, mommy. They grow out of sleeping with a blankie. They grow out of eating stuff off the floor. They grow out of race car-shaped beds. They grow out of having invisible friends, hopefully. But a kid never grows out of baseball. They grow old with it. The joy, the lessons, and the memories stick with them like pine tar. Give your kid the lifelong gift of baseball. Learn more at twinscommunityfund.org. The Twins Community Fund, getting more kids in the game. The Minnesota Twins Community Fund is supported by Minnesota Twins Cornerstone Partners. Target, U.S. Bank, Treasure Island Resort and Casino, and Delta Airlines. We thank them for supporting youth baseball and softball throughout the upper Midwest and for getting more kids in the game. Excuse me, I know you have a 9 o'clock, so I'll keep this short. I'm the business suit in the back of your closet. You wore me nearly every day before your office went, quote, casual. I used to be the CEO of your closet. Now I'm just that one intern no one ever talks to. I always thought you'd circle back with me. Get granular. Keep me in the pipeline. But nada. Nothing. Don't you remember the McKittrick presentation? You spilled coffee on me, and I still looked amazing during the breakout talkback Q&A. So, I think it's time for me to move on. I've got a great resume, and I absolutely crush it in interviews, okay? Let's make this a clean break. Shift the paradigm. The only thing I ask is that you think outside the box here and do this. Take me to Goodwill, where I can really make a difference. Your donations to Goodwill create new jobs, training programs, and education assistance for people in your community. To find your nearest donation center, go to goodwill.org. Donate stuff. Create jobs. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council. Every Friday after Twins games, fireworks courtesy of Securian Financial will light up the sky above Target Field from June to August. Go to twinsbaseball.com for more.
Welcome back to Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, made in Minnesota. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Twins bench coach Derek Shelton joining us here for our Sunday show in Chicago. And we got some good news uh, not too long ago. Jorge Polanco will be in Cleveland and start for the American League. Uh, the first twin to start at short in an all-star game since Roy Smalley did so back in 1979. Did you see this coming, this, this breakout year for Jorge Polanco? Well, I could, I wouldn't say I saw it coming fully. I think we knew, you know, Georgie was a good player. From me being here last year and seeing him the second half of the year, you really, you really see that he has special ability with what he does. So extremely happy for him. You know, I think this is one of the ones where they get it right. You know, I mean, there is fan voting that's involved in the All Star Game, and sometimes it becomes a little bit of a popularity contest. But Jorge Polanco was very deserving. He should be the starting shortstop in the All Star Game, and uh, he earned it. So it's exciting to see. I mean, and you know, it's a premium position when you have guys on the in the American League like Correa and Lindor. You know, it's important. And I think the the fans in Minnesota did an unbelievable job. You know, getting Jorge in, but I think he's 100% deserving of being the, the leading vote getter at shortstop. I understand he spoke too in front of the team on Friday as uh, Rocco presented him a nice bottle of uh, champagne to congratulate him on the honor. Right, it was great. It was it was a nice moment. It was a nice moment for Georgie. You know, it was Rock's first time being able to do that, which has got to be a cool moment for him. But yeah, I mean, and Georgie said some nice things about uh, you know expecting other people to be there with him and our team and how much it meant to him. And you can tell that it, it truly it truly touched him, and that's cool to see. At 53-29, and 29, that's a good segue because he deserves to have company in Cleveland. Uh, his teammates should be there. It shouldn't just be one guy. You know, if, you're, if you're pitching to me other guys that should be representing the Twins at the All-Star game, who should be there? Well, I think I'm extremely biased, so I can probably get lengthy in this list. Uh, I think all three of our outfielders deserve to be in, in Cleveland. You know, I mean, with with what Rosie's done, I mean, I know he's hurt right now. With what Rosie's done with the power and the RBIs, you know, I don't think you can talk. I don't think there's a better center fielder in the game than Byron Buxton. And what he means to us defensively and the year he's had offensively has been great. And then what Max has done, I mean, I, that's a no-brainer in my mind. I mean, he's at, what, 20, 21 homers. He's played right field from the leadoff spot. He's running out a 900-plus OPS from the leadoff spot. I, I think that's, you know, it, it's something that should happen, and uh, I really hope it happens because I think he's had a hell of a year. And, uh, you know, I mean, CJ's had a good year. I mean, he's he's done a good job. Both of our catchers have had good years. Barrios has had a good year. Taylor Rogers, if there's a more viable reliever in, in the American League, I think, you know, that would be surprising to me. So I think there's a lot of guys that really deserve to be there, and I'm hoping that, you know, that Georgie has some company. If Garver did not miss that time, miss about three weeks with the injured ankle, probably a better campaign and a bigger public campaign supporting him would be out there, right? Yeah, I think so. And I, and I think any time you miss significant time, it, it kind of hurts it because the plate appearances go down. But I think what he's done at the catcher position this year, it, um, I mean, it's been special. You don't see, you know, you don't see a lot of catchers put up those numbers and in, in, in catching, you know, at the rate he's caught. So I do think the time off hurt him. And when he came back, and I think we saw this when the Twins were in the stretch facing opposing left-handed starters, because pre-injury, Garver was hitting first, Polanco second, but now it's been when both are available to play, Polanco one, Garver two. Does, does Garver prefer the second slot as opposed to that number one spot? I don't think he prefers either one. I think it was just something that... that uh... Rocco and I were discussing one day, and Rocco flipped him. You know, I mean, I think 
just in terms of the like the flow of their lineup and with where we were at with who else we had injured and coming back he preferred flipping those two guys but Mitch has never expressed he he preferred one or two I mean I know we had talked to him coming out of camp that there was a chance he was going to hit at the top versus left-handers and the way he controls at bats I don't think it affected it has affected him at all Byron Buxton back in the lineup yesterday had uh, what four or five at bats and uh, did not get hit he went 0 for 4 in fact what what did you make of his, his pregame work and even the workout he did the day before with that wrist injury? Will the swing start to come back to what it was before the injury? Yes, I think so. I think I think what we saw the day before the we activated him, even yesterday, I mean, in his I think his third or fourth at bat, he swung a two oh pitch and took a really good swing at it, an aggressive swing at it. I think what you're seeing now is just you know the timing of being out for 12 days and you don't see guys step back in after being out 12 days and excuse me all of a sudden their timing's really good and it's on point and it's perfect so his swing's going to come back his swing's there the health is there it's just more the uh more the fact that he has to get he has to get back to timing was there much debate for for byron also marm with the injuries that they had to have them go out and rehab. In, in the end, why not? Why, why do they both get activated and immediately play up here? Well, I think there's a couple things, and, and I think Rocco had really good conversations with both guys and, and talked to them. And it was a situation of, you know, do you feel you need to go out into rehab? And I, both of them expressed that they didn't. And I think from our staff and our evaluation from j Row and Rudy and from Tony Leo and our training staff and myself and Rocco, you know, we kind of felt that they were in a position that they hadn't been out long enough that they needed to go back. And then with us having an off day, you know, on Monday so they could get a chance to play two games, get their legs underneath them, and then we only have six days left before the break that, that they were in a spot. So we may see a little bit of a timing issue on both of them I know Marwin got to a ball yesterday and had a base hit up the middle and you know buck swings were good there wasn't you know the result that we would want or hits but in terms of the health wise and the aggressiveness of the swing that was fine you look at Byron's numbers here Derek and not just the home runs and RBIs but the OPS has been above 800 now virtually all season long it's around 850 uh, the batting average around 265 the on base percentage right around league average at 324 for those who watch him and say, why doesn't he bunt more? What do you say to that group of fan that, that, that just looks at his speed, looks at his skill set, but the power numbers are impressive, which would kind of go against the idea that he should bunt more? Right, and I think, you know, our view of, of Byron Brunning is making sure situationally he does it at the right time, depending on how they're playing him defensively. You know, if the third baseman's standing right on top of him, you know, is it a smart play? To, to bunt maybe not depending on where the second baseman is in a shift so you know it's things we've talked about but we're not forcing him to to bunt and I think the one thing that you said that was very important there is that he's running out an 850 OPS league average OPS is about 725 right. 730 so we're talking an elite player here so just because you know a guy runs well it's not a situation where we should have him have him bump more he's controlling at bats he's controlling the strike zone everything that that we asked him to do coming into the season he's doing so I think there will be times that he will put bunts down and, and we talk about it and there's situations that he'll ask questions about it and we'll tell him no or you know we'll say yeah that's a good time to think about it but with what he's doing and how he's done it uh, I think we're extremely happy with the and, and a strikeout rate has gone down yeah, a it's bit gone down year. so you know the controlling the strike zone and and again running out an 850 ops i mean if 
Byron Buxton runs out an 850 OPS the rest of his career where there's going to be a lot of happy people. And one more thought before we take our final break. Max Cutler left the game yesterday. Was that for strategy, or did something happen you know, medically late in that ball game yesterday? No, he, he had jammed his knee, and you know, the, the game had gotten to the point where it was 8-2, to two, or 10-2, to two, I'm sorry. We had an eight-run lead, so to keep him off his feet for an inning was, was fine, just to, just to make sure that – just to make sure he was moving around all right. Did it happen on that, that catch, that run-saving catch out there, uh, that line drive yeah, off Collins? Yeah, it happened right on the, yeah, the one ball he dove for. All right, we'll take our last break, come back, and wrap up Inside Twins next on your home for Twins Baseball. I spend a lot of time in the garage, but even more time in the rain, sleet, and mud. In 95, I helped tow your moving trailer. In 05, I helped you get out of a ditch. Yeah, I know I'm a bit rusty, and sadly in 09, it was sparks from me, your handy chains dragging behind your truck that accidentally started a wildfire. Sparks from dragging chains can start a wildfire. Spark a change, not a wildfire. Visit SmokeyBear.com. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Only you can prevent wildfires. baseball, summer just wouldn't sound right. The Twins Community Fund, getting more kids in the game. Learn more at twinscommunityfund.org. The Minnesota Twins Community Fund is supported by Minnesota Twins Cornerstone Partners, Target, U.S. Bank, Treasure Island Resort and Casino, and Delta Airlines. We thank them for supporting youth baseball and softball throughout the upper Midwest and for getting more kids in the game. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, we'll probably stay together. Probably? <laughs> it's been 23 minutes since I ate. I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, okay, now tell me what to do. Cannonball! Cramp! Oh, I have a cramp. I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, made in Minnesota. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Last few minutes of our Sunday show with Twins bench coach Derek Shelton. Exciting day today, as we'll see a young man make his big league debut, Ozzy. 
Uh, lefty Lewis Thorpe, your impressions of him even going back to spring training? Well, I'm excited for him. I mean, the kid's got really good stuff, and uh, you know he's throwing the ball uh, he's throwing the ball well in Rochester, and and, and deserves the uh, deserves the time up here. So it, it's cool to see. Anytime you you see a guy that that makes his debut or makes his first big league start. I mean, we saw Lamont Wade do it earlier in this series, but it, it's exciting. And, I, you know, he's a young kid that has, has pitched well as he's gone through the system, so I think we're excited to see his stuff today. Lineup today. Who do you got out there today? It's uh, Arias in left. It is Georgie, Nelly, Garver behind the plate. Gonzo's at third. I'm trying to think who's at in sixth. Crone's at first. AD's in right, uh, Johnny's at second, and Bucks in center. Luis eyes what he's been doing, it's not its not normal, right? It's not, it's normal. not normal. And what's so fascinating is that you watch this guy, he comes up there, and he gets in that low stance, and his eyes just survey the infield. He just has a really keen sense of, okay, I see they're playing me here. I'm going to try to hit the ball over there, yeah. right? I mean, it, it's, yeah. it's not normal. No, it's not normal. I mean, this kid's 22 years old, and – you know, he, he approaches his at-bats like he's been in the big leagues for 15 years. And and I think that's uh, that's right. He He's a throwback. He's a guy from, like, you know, the, the late 70s, early 80s, the way he plays the game, the way he controls the zone. And I, I think the one thing, if you, you look back at Louie, and Rock and I were sitting in his office the other day, and Rock looked it up, but if you look at, like, Louie's numbers everywhere he's been, he's hit. And then if you look at his winter ball numbers – and as an 18-year-old in winter ball, he hit like 280. And then as a 19-year-old, he hit like 320. That's not easy to do for a, for a young kid to, you know, to be playing in winter ball and do those things. So he's, uh, he's definitely mature beyond his years. And, you know, we've put him in some spots where he's had to play, you know, the outfield and had to do some things. And he handles things without emotion. And I mean that in a very good way. Nothing seems to frazzle him. You know, we had the the game the other day where there was a ball that was hit off the wall to lead off the game and, and he didn't see it off the bat and nothing affected him the rest of the game. I think he got three hits. He made another good play in the gap. I mean, the kid's just a baseball player. I have about a minute left in our uh, show here on this Sunday and then we'll have the pregame show coming up. Off day tomorrow coming up in California. There's some great places to visit around this country. Yeah, great places Oakland, to go, you know. San Francisco? San Francisco going to do it. You know, I'm going to do, because they're playing that London series, I'm throwing the shout-out to New London, Minnesota nice. this this week. But uh, off day tomorrow, they have the fortunate, my wife's best friend, my wife's on this trip with us, her best friend lives in San Fran, so we will be doing whatever my wife and her friend <laughs> want us to do tomorrow. <laughs> so, uh, But hopefully something fun, because San you're, Fran's you're a good passenger. city. You're a passenger. You're yes. wherever, yeah, one, wherever we're going. I am 100% following the rules. All right, always Appreciate your time. Thanks a Thanks, lot. Thanks, Corey. Uh, we thank Derek Shelton for joining us. Stay tuned. More to come. Beautiful day in Chicago. Game three. Twins, White Sox coming up a little bit later on. Thanks for listening on your home for Twins baseball. You have been listening to Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, made in Minnesota. It's how memories are created and legends are made. This has been a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. It's a different kind of work week when you live out here. You need a tractor with enough power, performance, and attachments to scratch any itch. 
you need the Kubota BX Series, the best-selling subcompact tractor in America. Now get a BX1880 for payments as low as $99 a month for 84 months plus a six-year warranty. 54-inch mower deck included. Now through June 30th, 2019. See us or go to KubotaUSA.com for more information. To take advantage of this special pricing, visit GoKubota.com for the Kubota dealer nearest you. There's two ways to enjoy the Hall of Fame taste of Kilber Old Fashioned Root Beer and Cream Soda. Traditional glass bottles and six-packs, or by the case, or the go-anywhere, chill-instantly, unbreakable, resealable aluminum bottles. Choose your fun with Minnesota-made, just like me, Ken Herbeck, Killebrew Old Fashioned Root Beer and Cream Soda. Available at Cub Foods for your next get-together. Take it from Herbie, Killebrew. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Thanks to U.S. Bank, your banking is done in a few clicks, so you have time to get more done. Like, wake up, stretch, go to meetings, go to the gym, convince yourself you like the gym. It's fun. I really like it. A U.S. Bank checking account with online and mobile access allows banking to fit in your life. Call 800-720-BANK. Visit a branch or go to usbank.com slash checking. U.S. Bank, the power of possible. See a banker or visit usbank.com slash checking for more information. The U.S. Bank mobile app is free to download. Your mobile carrier may charge access and messaging fees. Deposit products offered by U.S. Bank National Association, member FDIC. Excuse me, realtor? Hi, it's Karen. Oh, uh, Karen, uh, what's the house power here? The what? We use laptops, TVs, security systems, smart devices, and more all the time. We need major bandwidth. Ooh, you can get CenturyLink fiber internet here. You're set. Great. How? We're in ad right now. Just tap this screen to learn about speeds up to one gig. Service and speed may not be available in your area. Visit CenturyLink.com slash house power to learn more. This is the sound of the two new Reese's Lovers Blizzard treats being made at DQ. But it's not what they really sound like. Listen closer. That's the sound of the extra chocolate in the Reese's Chocolate Lovers Blizzard treat. Or maybe more peanut butter is your thing in the Reese's Peanut Butter Lovers Blizzard treat. And whether you pick chocolate or peanut butter, your favorite Blizzard treats just got happier. DQ, happy tastes good at participating locations. Your first place Minnesota Twins are on display at Target Field. The first half of the 2019 season has been one for the record books. Second goals, second goals, Twins have the lead. Number 100 for this amazing first place Minnesota Twins team. Watch your Twins close it out when the Texas Rangers visit July 5th, 6th, and 7th. Don't miss another historical moment by visiting twinsbaseball.com for your tickets.